Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, everybody. Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover podcast. Hope everybody is doing well. Probably listen to this on your Sunday morning, maybe Monday morning. Just quick disclaimer before we get started. This is uh, first travel episode of the year coming back from Athens. Jason is on his way back right now. I'm staying the night in Athens, so don't have our whole normal podcasting equipment set up. Um, so the audio won't be as good. Just wanted to let you guys know and we won't have any of the intro, outro, that kind of thing. So we're just going to run through just the straight audio. So anyway, yeah, like I mentioned, Jason's on his way back. Obviously, it was five or six hours ago that things wrapped up inside Sanford Stadium. And it was kind of an unsurprising final final result in terms of the final score. But how we got there was pretty interesting, Auburn. Of course, loses to Georgia 42-10. to It was the largest margin of defeat for this team in this series since 2012. Again, we've been talking about it over and over again, how things keep hearkening back to 2012, which isn't a great sign. Um, but Auburn played pretty good defense to start this game. There was a major turning point at the end of the first quarter when Auburn faked a punt, and then Georgia kind of scored two quick touchdowns after that, and then things just completely snowballed. Um, in the second half when Georgia, not too dissimilar from the Penn State game, was really just kind of able to take over on the ground and sort of dictate the pace of the game and sort of finish things out their way. But uh, I'll bring in Jason here and and, and start just, I mean, the, the defense will get to, I mean, 42 points looks bad, but it's similar to how the 41 points look bad against Penn State. And there were a lot of issues for this defense. Georgia ran for 295 yards, um, but just in anything other than a, you know, standard, you know, line up and run the ball play. Auburn didn't have much of a, didn't have much of a, you know, they obviously had a plan, but they weren't able to execute much in this game. When things got hairy, they said they had to stay out of those third and long situations. That's how Brandon council made that big buzz earlier this week with that, with that quote about, Oh, we're going to demolish them. But there was a caveat, got to stay out of the third and long packages. And Jason, they did not stay out of those third and long packages. Their average distance was 8.1 yards on uh on third downs and as a result Robbie Ashford just one read and if it wasn't there he was running for his life pretty much the the whole game or he sometimes he was even escaping when the pressure wasn't there and just throwing the ball away on on third down and and that sort of game plan for Auburn pretty much doomed any hope they had of, of setting up a consistent offense in this game yeah Nathan we talked about coming into the game um what would this team look like and how would they perform on the road and we found that out today it wasn't very good um, tons of fault starts penalties uh, issues um, you know Robbie Ashford I, I thought you know he, he did okay but you could see it that 
you know, we've talked about it for the last few years. Um, even when the guy that was experienced is Bo Nix, third and 10, third and 11 is not where you want to live against good teams. And against Georgia, it is death. And, you know, it was kind of de- – Saturday was death by a thousand paper cuts for Auburn because it was – you know, Georgia didn't really do anything great other than the Stetson Bennett run. But, you know, it, it started with a fake punt where you, you're – You've played even for a quarter, and, and, you know, you give Georgia a short field to get a touchdown, big punt return for, a, you know, that sets them up for a touchdown, and you look up, and you've done everything you wanted to do, and you're now 14 nothing. And uh, I don't know, even before that, even when it was scoreless, and it's, it's strange, but I, I was thinking about it a, after the game. There wasn't one moment today where I felt like there was anything Auburn could do to win that football game. And I don't remember many like that. And it's not because Georgia was overwhelming and great. They played good. Their front's pretty good. I didn't think they were nearly as dominant as they were the last year, the last few years. It just feels like that this Auburn team doesn't have an answer at just about any level right now. And uh, that's a bad place to be with six football games still remaining, including this weekend at Ole Miss. Yeah, you mentioned it. Harson's exact words about the the penalty was the penalty situation was he said frustrating as hell. Um, that was the last thing he talked about in his press conference. So ten penalties in this game for Auburn that ties the most of the Brian Harson era. They had ten against um, Alabama State last season. They had nine earlier in the year against Penn State. Um, eight of those came in the first half, and uh, overall for the game, or excuse me, seven of those came in the first half. And overall for the game, eight of those were on offense. And we, you know, again, going into those third and longs, it just put Auburn in such a bad spot over and over again. And, you know, Brian Harson talked about it after the game. You have to adjust, um, you know, as the, as the plays go on. But really, I mean, you, you, were, you were shooting yourself in the foot here for, for an offense that was already going to have a lot of problems. But, Jason, even, even when they were able to, to get it figured out, um, and, and get decent field position. I say get it figured out even when the defense was able to get them something. We talked about it before the game. You know, what did they need to stay in this game? They got exactly that. They got a strip sack on Stetson Bennett, got the ball in the red zone, only able to get a to get a field goal from there. There was a there was a stretch between about the beginning of second quarter, midway, early third quarter, where they were moving the ball decently on offense. They got into Georgia territory on three out of five drives, but you had Robbie Ashford's fumble just untouched you had all the penalty issues they were pushing you back out of out of that uh you know getting down there in the red zone and then you had after picking up the fumble after you know setting up shop at the 19 yard line you can't go anywhere you get no first downs and you end up having to kick a field goal so you know for all the flack brian harson's going to catch for this game and he you know he absolutely is um there were just a lot of self-enforced you know self-inflicted errors on this team that um, he didn't really have anything to do with, you know, he, Robbie Ashford just dropped the ball. There were a ton of pre-snap penalties, um, you know, during the play and stuff like that, that hindered this team. And then, you know, by the time the game was beginning of the fourth quarter, midway through the third quarter, Georgia's talent just took over and they were able to, to just kind of run them out of the building at the end of the game. Yeah, well, it was, it, 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 it became, um, a war of attrition for that Auburn defense. And, you know, I wrote something about that after the game is, and, and Kirby Smart talked about it. He said, you know, he thought those guys got worn out. And we talked about the lack of depth. And then, you know, you look up and, um, you know, Marcus Bragg gets a little beaten up at the end of the game. Derek Hall gets a little beaten up at the end of the game. And 
Um, you know, they played, you know, a few different guys on that defensive front, but, you know, it was it was rough. It happened on the offensive line as well. A couple of injuries up front on the offensive line um, for a group that's already beaten up. And um, it was, you know, it obviously was was worst case scenario for Auburn when you start talking about the the way things went for them. Um, a couple of turnovers, Robbie Ashford. I mean, you're right. I mean, there's a couple of those plays where, I mean, you know, you can go back to the fake punt and, um, you know, it it was executed. It probably works and probably, you know, sustains a drive. It's just one of those moments where I'm and in my mind, I'm thinking um, it's that it's timing. Even if you get that, are you going to go down and score? You're, you're in pretty good field position already. You can pin them deep, but the, the consequences for, Hey, I got tripping and falling down, whatever it is, are just too great to, to, to make that call at that time. And, uh, you know, it came back to Hall Auburn in a big way, gave Georgia some momentum and gave them a little breathing room because at that moment, I mean, you're you're almost a full quarter into a game for an offense that had for two weeks had struggled, and, and they had struggled early on in, in Saturday's game. And Stetson Bennett was not real good uh, on Saturday until the game opened up late in the fourth quarter, and then he started throwing the ball. Uh, he missed two wide-open touchdown passes that would have made that game a whole lot uglier than it was. And so, uh, you know, just everything compounded. It was uh, just unfortunately for Auburn, another forgettable performance in Athens, Georgia. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game it's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com yeah, it's funny. In spite of, in spite of all the offensive issues in this game, which of course they were completely bad for the most part, they did they did do a couple things that hadn't been done in Athens in a while. They scored first of all, they scored in double digits for the first time there since two thousand nine, um, and it, both of both of these things were because of that Jarquez Hunter play. If 
if Jarquez Hunter doesn't give that extra effort, we're probably talking about a 42 to three result, which would be all the more brutal. But you also get Robbie Ashford credited, which is a touchdown pass for him. Obviously, Jarquez Hunter did all the work, but that was a 62 yard catch and run for him. Uh, Robbie Ashford becomes the first quarterback to throw a touchdown pass for Auburn in that stadium since 2009. But obviously, you know, those were a couple you know, streaks that got broken today, but everything else for Auburn on offense was was pretty bad. You have Robbie Ashford completing only 34.2% of his passes. Now, so many of those are throwaways. I'm interested to go back and look at all those third down, really not even third down, just look at his dropbacks in general, all, all what is it, 38 dropbacks. I'm interested to go check out all of those and see how many of those were just straight throwaways. Um, there were a couple where he just walked straight out of bounds. I mean, it, it was there were some plays where there were a lot of pressure, other plays where there was a little bit of pressure. He made one read, looked at it, and then took off. And again, that goes back to – and he did save Auburn a few times. He had a couple third-down conversions. I had three or four, actually, with his legs. He would have had another one if he didn't fumble the ball. So it's what we talked about pregame, Jason. You know, we talked about um, – you know, taking the good with the bad with him. You're, you're probably going to have a turnover. He maybe should have had another interception. It was uh, it was ruled incomplete. You're going to take the good with the bad with him because he's just kind of giving you everything that he can at this point. But then you look at Auburn's defense in this game, and, and Jason, you wrote about this. Um, they started so strong, um, clearly had a good game plan. Georgia was running the ball pretty well, but once they got into situations where they needed to run to pick up you know, first downs, they weren't able to do that. Um, Auburn set the tone with a three and out Colby Wooden looked pretty comfortable playing at that edge spot. Um, but really it was just the, it was just over the course of the game. They, they got tired. Down. I mean, Kirby smart said it after the game. He said, you know, we didn't, we didn't think their D line was very deep. And we knew that if we got them in that position in the second half, we could just kind of run them down. And that's how you end up with 295 rushing yards for, for Georgia in this game. But, you know, it was, it was a complete landslide for this defense at the very end, but it, you know, it doesn't reflect what they were doing at the beginning of this game, because like you mentioned, Jason, they did, they did keep Auburn in this game and give the offense an opportunity to make it, you know, it might've been a seven to seven game at halftime if they had been able to take advantage of some of their opportunities. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think when you look at it, it's uh you just can't, you can't sustain it. It's impossible to sustain that when you start talking about playing defense that way. And, and having to hold up, you know, when you when you go back on the field time and time again. And, you know, I'd have to go back and look at it. But, you know, when I think about it, I think about there was a stretch there where, you know, Auburn, you know, backed up in, in field position and you know, into the first half, early second half. And and Auburn, I think, you know, threw six consecutive, consecutive passes and used about 50 seconds of clock time. Well, those things, you know, serve a couple of – you know, purposes when you do that, you know, obviously it, it hurts your offense because you're not moving the football, but it put Auburn's defense back on the field time and time again, really quickly. And, you know, um, when you look at it, 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 you know, the, the story of this game, it was that it was the defense cannot expect to do those things. And it, it reminded me a whole lot of the 2008 season for, for Auburn. 2012 was one with was a little bit different. That team just kind of, fell apart I didn't see a team fall apart today but I saw a defense get worn out and that's what happened in 2008 and it happened time and time again and what happens is your defense gets worn out then those guys get hurt and then they're not there anymore and then you start looking up and all of a sudden what happened in the fourth quarter starts happening in the second quarter and it becomes an avalanche and 
that's what this Auburn team has to avoid now, and it's going to be hard to do because there's not much depth left on this defense as it is. And so uh, you look and Georgia had, you know, in the fourth quarter, 21 points and two almost 250 yards of total offense. You're talking about you're talking about an 80 point, 1,000 yard average. If you if you you talk about doing that the rest of the game, that's how ugly it was in the fourth quarter. And you know a lot of that came back to offense's inability to to sustain some drives and the lack of depth on that defense. Yeah, and you look at Auburn's result for the game overall. 258 yards for them in total, um, and obviously only 10 points, only one touchdown, and it it became pretty obvious they were not going to be able to sustain any sort of offense in this game. So the, the one touchdown for Auburn comes from an explosive play where really a, a couple Georgia players just ended up kind of giving up on the tackle. Um, Jarquez Hunter made a great play to get out of it but and, and keep it down the sideline, um, but it was it was sort of a chance play for them to be able to finally break their <clears throat> their Athens streak there get into the end zone, get double digits. Um, after the game, you know, Brian Harson, I thought maybe maybe a little bit better than than usual in terms of um, you know trying to trying to take responsibility for for what had happened. But at the same time, you know, <clears throat> Mark asked him after the game about you know just their continuing you know inability to make significant adjustments after halftime. Now I will say they scored ten points in this game, which is the most they've scored in the second half since that Arkansas game against a Power Five team. Most they've scored in the second half since that Arkansas game last year but still the fact that it was completely dominated by georgia um in the second half um and and brian harson didn't didn't necessarily uh you know lower the pitchforks any when he said <laughs> to mark's question he said yeah i don't uh, yeah, how do we, how do you, you know, how do you get better at adjusting after halftime he said yeah i don't know i don't have all the answers right now you know i'm st- we're still we're still figuring things out i'm trying to find his exact his exact quote on the matter. Um, he said, yeah, I don't know. That remains to be seen talking about how they can fix things. Talking about, you know, you've got six games left. Now you're in the middle of the season. And, you know, we, we do this same song and dance every, every Sunday when we, when we get on this show and, and we wonder, you know, whether we'll be talking about Brian Harson as Auburn's coach in, in just a couple of days. Um, I think maybe we will, but um, Jason, it was just another sort of, you know, if you're, if you were holding on to if you're if you're Auburn holding on to any sort of hope that this thing could be could be turned around, obviously it's it's not an impossibility. You, you just you got to win three games to get to a bowl game, but you you saw just a result that we've come to expect from this team in Athens, and then after the game, the head coach says, "You know, I don't really have all the answers right now. I don't really know what we need to do to to improve in this area." Um, just overall on the day in Athens in terms of the outlook for the rest of the season and the outlook for Brian Harson's regime, there was not necessarily a lot of confidence inspired. No, I would say that's a um, that's pretty fair assessment. Not, they're not, no, there's nothing to look at where you go, I feel like this is on the right track because it doesn't feel like it's on the right track. And, and you, know, when, you know, when you answer a question like that and say, well, we need to look at everything we're doing and maybe do some things differently. That doesn't inspire confidence six games into year number two. That's something that might inspire confidence three games into year number one, but not now. Um, There's a lot of water under that bridge. And I know it's, yeah, it's just year two, but it's year two. And lots of people are winning a lot of football games in year two and have for a long time. And 
you know, right now that's there. The adjustments aren't there. The answers aren't there. And when you have more questions now than you did when you kicked off to open the season, that's concerning. And, and that's where this Auburn team right now is as they get ready to head to Ole Miss. And, you know, this Ole Miss defense obviously is not Georgia. That Ole Miss offense may be better than that Georgia offense we saw today, uh, in some, especially in some regards. For an Auburn defense that's, that's going to go limping into Oxford, Mississippi, it's going to be another challenge for them. Yeah, for sure. And on, on the injury front, I will say, uh, we talked to Derek Hall after the game. Um, he said he should be good to go, but obviously he didn't want to give a, a, a complete diagnosis of himself. And, you know, we're just going to have to wait a couple of days to find out, of course, the entire right side of Auburn's starting offensive line in this game had to leave. Alec Jackson was out at right tackle. Um, he was replaced by Keandre Jones. And then you had Brandon Coffey come in for Austin Troxel because Troxel was, uh, was also injured there at right tackle. And even at the end of the game, you saw Marcus Bragg, you know, Derek, Derek Hall didn't play most of the fourth quarter. And then you saw Marcus Bragg go down with an injury, um, looked to be okay. It didn't look to be very severe, but at the end of the game, that, that position that we talked about again, of course they didn't have Ekuliota. Um, you're playing Joko Willis on the field there with Dylan Brooks. And so it just wasn't what you wanted to see from it's like, it's like you mentioned earlier, Jason, um, just a defense that's getting beat up now on the line of scrimmage and even on offense, you know, you're talking about, Brandon Council having to play center because Tate Johnson's not out there because Nick Brahms isn't out there. And so um, they're starting to pile up just just a little bit. But, um, of course, we'll get more into it over the course of this week, and uh, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what the repercussions, if any, um, there are from this game. But Auburn loses in Athens. Again, an expected result, but there were some, there were some developments in this game that were maybe um, a bit surprising at the start and then Georgia just took control over the course of the game. So 42 to zero, or excuse me, 42 to 10, 42 to zero, been pretty bad. 42 to 10, uh, number two, Georgia, the defending national champions, get another win over Auburn on their home field. So we will obviously talk to Brian Harson on Monday. We'll have that show for you guys on Tuesday morning. We appreciate everybody listening to this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Again, if you guys enjoyed it, please go leave us a five-star review. That is the number one thing. That helps us out. And until the next episode, you guys enjoy the start to your week and we will talk to y'all later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.